You're listening to Pack Dynamics, a Fandom on the Rocks podcast. Hello, welcome back to Pack Dynamics, a Teen Wolf podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Allison. And we're back with season one, episode three, Pack Mentality, which is the title of the episode. This aired June 13th, 2011, which still boggles that this is that old. June 13th, 2011. Yep. I was a senior in college in 2011. Wowzers. That is a long time from now. (laughs) Yep. It's a whole different world in 2011 if you really think about the time and place that this TV show existed. Yes. Which is something we think about with Glee, too, is like, what was the culture like when these shows? Yeah. Like, what was the context when these shows were coming out? Like, how young were we? What else was on TV when these things were coming out? And like, even the fact that it aired on MTV is kind of weird. Although I don't ever need a reminder because I just look at Allison Argent and her very long tank tops and her very long necklaces and her big belt. And I'm like, oh, yes, I know exactly where this is. I know what's going on here. This is very true. They're, the the <laughs> shock of their clothing is like, ah, yes. I'm just immediately trans- – like the boys don't really change all that much, you know? Like they're just no. still wearing kind of the flannel and the Henleys and like jackets, etc. But like it's it's specifically Allison, I think, even more than Lydia, mm-hmm. just with those skinny jeans and the long tank tops. Yeah. Anything with like a little necklaces. lace? Yeah. I had, I had those. I had those. I had those. I still have those necklaces. That big long with owl on it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I own that. So did all my friends. You could probably make a little money selling those to an Instagram influencer for their videos now. Oh, man. Because they're now having to go source Poshmark for those to make make videos. Rats, I just got rid of all mine. Tartar sauce. Mm -hmm. You missed the opportunity to make $4. Ooh, to ship it halfway across the country and go visit (laughs) my local post office. Exactly. Yeah, it is... I'm sure someone can do just an immense deep dive into the United States and the world in 2011 and how this show fits into that. Because we, we do that with Glee and like how that show could really only have existed in 2009 and 10. I think maybe Teen Wolf could be pulled into 2023. I think it could be pulled into 2023. I mm-hmm. think it would have to have a little more talk about environment and a little more talk about like wolf conservation. That could be cool. But I 100% think that the show could be pulled. Not like this version of the show. but No, it's uh, too silly. A version of Teen Wolf that's a little more like Riverdale, a little more edgy. Yeah. Tentative. Well, <laughs> I've heard about Riverdale from I hear from rumors on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard tell about Riverdale, and maybe it doesn't want to be like that. <laughs> I don't know, but you know what I mean. Something a little less silly, because this is yeah, real silly. It is. And Isn't it, there... It gets less silly over time, but I love the silly. Okay, didn't Sarah Michelle Geller make a TV show on MTV called... Oh, shit. Let me... Sarah Michelle well, Geller. Is that Wolfpack? Is that happening now? The Teen I Wolf spinoff? So. Okay, it's not a Teen Wolf spinoff. It's a... What is it called? Well, oh, yeah, it is called Wolfpack. Yeah, I think it's called Wolfpack with Sarah Michelle Gellar. And I have absolutely no idea what it's about because I no longer have access to MTV. Okay, it's a Paramount Plus. It is about werewolves. There's something about an arson. I don't know that it is related to Teen Wolf, but it is created by Jeff Davis. And it's about werewolves and its main plotline is arson? So maybe we need to look at this? Maybe Sarah Michelle Gellar is Derek Hale. I understand now. I get it. Hot. I understand. Okay, so maybe we have to look at this. I don't want to look at another TV show. Teen Wolf has like enough episodes we to have keep so us many busy. Episodes. We'll deal with Wolfpack. By the time we're done with this, maybe it'll be finished and we can just binge the entire thing and let it ride. I honestly don't know if the show is still on the air. When did I don't it? Know. This is a January 25th article. Did the show even make it? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, we'll boy. find out. <laughs> we'll find out. We'll come back to you on this one. All right, well, Jeff Davis, one trick pony. Let's start with pack mentality. Yeah, well, we've got a pretty intense opening here of this episode because there's like Allison and Scott are precious. They're so cute. Like it seems like this that remind me that they are children. They are children. Children, not like big, tough, supernatural creatures, but like stupid kids. They are really dumb. They're really dumb, and I love them both so much. Yeah. I don't know anyone who was going to sneak into an empty school bus to make out in the middle of the night, personally. No, but I wasn't that cool in high school. Maybe some of the kids (laughs) did. Maybe some kids went specifically back to school 
to an empty school bus to make out. Yeah. Could be. Could be. Unfortunately, dear Scott here starts wolfing out and attacking Allison. I actually thought this was pretty well shot. It was so well shot. It's so beautiful. And like as a giffer, I get mad at this scene because it's really hard to like do color adjustment, but it's so cute. And all of Allison's like soft little looks at Scott, I'm just like, oh. Yeah. And then the rampage begins and the terror, like immediately you get this like genre shift from like Mm -hmm. cool, fun teen show to like, oh, hey, is someone about to get murdered? Right. She's got like bloody fingers in the door of the bus trying to like claw her way out. And like her face pressed up against the door. Yeah. There's actually some really good like little scary horror uh, moments. Absolutely. And I was like, damn, this is that's pretty good. Now. It is a dream, sort of. Yeah, it's sort of. It, it turns out it turns out to be sort of a dream. Yeah, sort of a dream. Scott seems to have some deep anxiety about his upcoming date with Allison that he may just murder his not quite girlfriend. You know what? And if I had had a dream that felt really, really real, where I had murdered somebody I was about to go on a date with, I would also be pretty nervous about that. Especially if you did possess fangs and claws and super strength. Like if I actually possessed the means to murder my new beloved, like I did in the dream, like, oh yeah, I would be a wreck. Yes. And you can fold in allegories about going through puberty and changes in your body and all that kind of stuff that Teen Wolf is obviously doing. Like, just fill in your own puberty metaphor here for you. Rampaging hormones. Yep. Yep. This is testosterone. Scott wants to ask Derek for help about being a werewolf, which he absolutely should do. You've got like a mentor right there. And like, so I'm trying really, really hard to take my steric goggles off or at least loosen, loosen the crank a little bit. And looking at this kind of with more fresh eyes, like absolutely, like fandom likes to pit Derek and Scott against each other and they are not against each other, at least right now. Like, Scott has one person, someone vaguely adult who has experience with the crazy banana nut muffin thing that's happening to him. He 100% should go to Derek for help. This is a this is like a rational decision that Scott is trying to make. Yes, <laughs> and for once. For once. He is trying so hard to make a rational decision. And yet, it is Styles who can't stop obsessing and the goggles are back. Frick on a stick. Yeah, I know. And it's Styles here who's the one who's like, no, that guy is scary and bad and he's not who we think he is and probably murdered his sister and maybe the actual victim in this bus who is the bus driver because the dream is kind of a dream, but not a dream. There's a real victim. There's a real victim and a real bloody bus. And And yeah, yeah. attack actually happened. It happened and Scott saw it all. Yeah, he saw it via something sort of wolf is something we're not sure yet magic wolf power it's uh garrison myers who is the bus driver who is not dead but is very thrashed traumatized traumatized yeah so you know styles does have you know as much as we love styles and he is the best he has a point that they don't know what happened to the bus driver and derek's eyebrows are a bit glowering they are and at this point it's I have it like kind of down here. It's like you think Scott's been in this position for maybe like what twenty days? I have maybe no idea. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I think he only had one like full moon because Derek's like talking about on the next full moon he's gonna call to you again. And it's like, so Scott has not been dealing with this for very long, neither has Styles. Styles is just like, haha, here I am. And they are both dealing with a situation with having so many of the pieces still missing. Mm -hmm. Like they, of course, Scott thinks that it was him because he saw it. Of course, Styles thinks that it was Derek because Scott didn't do it, of course, because bros five ever. But that's the only other werewolf he's ever met. Of course, it had to be Derek. Of course it did. Yep. Because what else is in the woods? They don't know yet. They don't know. They don't know what else is in the woods. Something spooky. Also, according to my notes, one of my favorite songs from the first season of Teen Wolf was in this episode. So shout out to, I think it, the song is called Grandfather Clocks. I believe it's Apple Horse is the band, I think. Oh, okay. But like, I was watching the episode and the song starts playing and I'm just like on my couch just rocking out. Grandfather Clocks <laughs> out, chicken in the rain. And I'm like, I'm having such a great time. And my beloved fella is sitting next to me like, okay. <laughs> like, ooh. I mean, the music's 
pretty good. Yeah. Season one and season two have phenomenal music. You're yeah. like, oh, right. It's an MTV show. They know what they're yeah. doing. Yeah. It's maybe not my preferred music, but it fits. Yeah. Yeah. He's got, I mean, they're children. They're both so wrong and they're not, but the clues that they have are the clues that they have. What are they going to, they can't Sherlock this mess into the right answer immediately no. they don't know what they're doing they and why would and, they know and they don't have nearly all the information and no. they're they are trying their very best with the information they can scramble together mm-hmm. which is hey i'm new with this and i need some help the fact that anyone is still conscious after being turned into a literal werewolf and not having a breakdown yeah for sure because i don't know what i would do if i was bitten I just wouldn't turn leave my house. A, I don't, yeah, right? I would just lock myself in something sturdy and disappear. Like, I'm supposed to go to math class after that? You want me to focus on chemistry? Ugh, I don't think Paris. so. That's not happening. No, absolutely not. Also, uh, a polite and unfriendly welcome to Adrian Harris, everyone's least favorite chemistry teacher. Thank <laughs> you and go away. Thank you and goodbye to Thank you. you. Good night. <laughs> yeah. It is during, is it during class? No, they have lunch. Eventually, you know, during the school day that I don't want to say what 80% of their conversations happen. Scott and Styles' conversations about being werewolves and full moons and town murderer Derek happen in full earshot of a school, right? Yeah, absolutely. They end up sitting with Lydia and the popular kids at lunch. They do. Which is so social anxiety inducing, even as someone my age sitting at home on the couch i was like when all the popular kids sat down with them i was like no leave danger 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 i don't know i wasn't thinking about the danger i don't know because i've just seen this so many times and i've just gift these things so many times and i'm like so familiar with the art at this point i'm like oh yeah they're just all friends but no they're they're (laughs) definitely not it's definitely just yeah people sitting together having a grand old time i literally have in my notes here bisexual styles number one Mm. this is like at lunch is it harley who sits down next to him i don't know their names (laughs) i just know danny (laughs) well like styles and scott had a lady friend for the first few episodes oh and i think think that was her so he like looks over at her and like tries to like flirt with her a little bit and she's like hard pass and then he turns Mm -hmm. to danny's like trying to flirt with him and he's like hard pass it's like Mm -hmm. Oh, bisexual styles number one. <laughs> yes. And this is also the confirmation that Danny is gay. Yeah. Which is like a nice throwaway line. They're not, they don't yeah. sit there and go, in today's after school special, we have the gay. Yeah. No, Danny just just is Danny. Mm-hmm. And he's also gay and he's also the goalie. Like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Styles is making some unbelievable faces and pretty incredible. I also, like, I'm looking at it and parsing the language. I'm parsing the language here. And... Lydia invites herself along to hang out with Allison and Scott. Yes. And it occurs to me in this moment that Allison didn't tell Lydia that she was going on a date. So yeah. like, are they just kind of assuming that they're gonna hang out and they're gonna make out for a while? Like, was that the thing? Or like, were they, were neither Scott or Allison really on board with it being a date at this point? Like, because hmm. I don't think that Lydia Martin, queen of Beacon Hills, would invite herself along on her new friend's date. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think she would have mm-hmm. done that. I don't know. Season one Lydia is such a mystery to me. Season one Lydia is bizarre. Yeah. She's feeling a lot of feelings and none of them make sense. Yeah. She feels a bit like a character who fulfills scene needs sometimes. Yeah. Like if there's not even exposition, but if there's like a quip that needs to be quipped, something smart that needs to be said, or a plot point that needs to be moved forward, like getting their date into a double date. Yeah. She's the one that makes it happen because there's no way Jackson is going to make that happen. Right. And it's not until later that she becomes a more fully fleshed out character. She's, she becomes a person. Yeah, a full woman, full person. And unfortunately, like every character in the show, she doesn't get to be a person until she is traumatized into it because that's I know. how this show works. You know, that's terrible. After lunch where like Lydia invites her and Jackson along on Allison and Scott's date. With to go bowling. To go bowling. Can you even bowl? I'm a great bowler. Yeah. Scott, sir, child, 
actual literal literal child yeah it's in the hallway i do believe because in my notes is bisexual styles number two this is the are you telling me i'm not attractive to gay guys yep i wrote that down too i'm like sir classic (laughs) sir Mm -hmm. (sighs) which you know the creator is a gay man you cannot put these kinds of lines into a show without it them being noticed yeah you know, you can't because it's speaking to a lot of kids. Kids mm-hmm. whose experience matches this. Kids who have thought that and were like, "Whoa, I don't know. Does that mean something about me? Does that mean something about somebody else?" Like, and if you're only doing it to be funny, then that's cruel. It's not funny. It's, it's just not funny. Mean. But again, it's 2011. Like, how elevated and thoughtful are we being? Maybe not enough. Maybe not enough. Think before you write. Once or twice. So Scott goes to work, and I. This is where the sheriff comes in and is like looking all very like, like leaning against the door frame with his sunglasses on, like kind of hot. Hello, sir. <laughs> As you I get had- older, it's the adults that are hot now. Oh, correct. Like, and I had to make a note at the beginning. And dear listener, you're just going to have to sit with me through this because I have names for everybody and it's not actually any of their names. But my beloved fella, I was trying to like explain who everybody was because this is the first episode he sat in with me on. And I was like, this is Papa. Right now he's giving daddy. Yes. But daddy is somebody else. Yes. <laughs> he's giving Correct. daddy, but he is Papa. He is Papa. So he's like going through the thing. And he, the sheriff name drops Laura Hale about the body. Mm-hmm. And does Deet at this point not recognize the name Laura Hale? He doesn't appear to. He doesn't appear to. And I'm like, okay, so looking at this, when did they decide to like backtrack and make you know give Deaton the history that they'll give him yeah I know yes that is an excellent question because if season four Deaton gets asked this question he recognizes the name Laura Hale knows that they've arrested Derek Hale Mm -hmm. does he at this point like not guess who's outside biting people like does he not (laughs) I mean unless he's like playing it cool but I get the impression that maybe the writers did not well the writer writers i don't actually know what the writing room looked like did not have that story line fleshed out i think that might be some retconning i think it's a retcon because season four deaton would know all of these answers Mm -hmm. but season one deaton or at least right now just doesn't yeah i think that is an excellent point which is kind of a shame that it doesn't start that way of him being the all well the (laughs) all-knowing Fanon or Cannon? Dr. Deaton, all-knowing emissary. Correct. Fanon or Cannon. Mm-hmm. Well, he does identify, well, Sheriff Salenti has shown up with a dog. Yeah. And Deaton identifies that the marks on the dogs are not a wolf. Dun, dun. Then what is it? Ah. It's poor animals in this town. There's so many, and they all get beaten up and eaten and murdered. It's such a little a munched on. Yeah. Om nom. So. Yeah. We head to the hospital and... Which, okay, I thought Scott was at work and now he's at the hospital. And now he's at the hospital. Like, maybe it was after work? I don't know. But he has a two-hour shift. Yeah, maybe. He's not working very long. The clinic's not open that long. He's probably after school to closing. So yeah, three to five or four to six. And the fella is looking at Mama McCall. It's Mama. Mama, Papa, and Daddy. Yes. <laughs> that Mama looks almost 30. I know. She's so young. Melissa Poncio, if you're listening, please know that my husband thinks that you have looked almost 30 in 2011. <laughs> I don't know how old you were. I hope desperately that you were almost 30. <laughs> so young. So soft. So Such a child. Such a cutie. But in that moment, I was forced to do some math. Like, if she's almost 30, then how old was she when she had Scott? Huh, I wonder what that says about Scott's dad. And I'm just, like, going off on this whole thing. Mm-hmm. I have so many questions. I have a lot of questions. Yeah, the timelines in Teen Wolf are questionable. Yeah. You either have to, well, you don't have to do anything. I think you either just say, they didn't know what they were doing and roll with it, or you get angry about them. And I haven't decided where I fall yet. I'm trying to just stay as zen about this as i can as just like calm and collected and centered otherwise i will start rampaging like an angry bull and that's mm-hmm. just not gonna be fun for me Mm-mm. no but he has brought her dinner to bribe her for the car for the date mm-hmm. and she's not playing that game because she's no. too smart for that she's too smart plus there's a curfew yeah 
which absolutely no one in the town seems to care about. No. But Scott sniffs out the bus driver, Garrison Myers, Garrison Myers, who does not seem to enjoy Scott's presence in his hospital room because he grabs at Scott. Do you think that perhaps he is recovering from major trauma? He seems to be recovering from a a major attack and trauma and maybe remembers a little something. Maybe he feels a little familiar. Maybe Scott was there. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Or he's high off morphine. You know, two things can be true at once. Yep. I also feel like this dude should be like up in the ICU and not just oh, hanging sure. out in the ER. Like, I don't know what section behind of the hospital curtain. this is. He, he's, like, yeah. he's like in the hallway or something. Yeah, he was like behind a curtain. I was like, I think maybe this gentleman should be upstairs in a quiet room. This gentleman should be, have at least a door. Yeah. At least a door. Like, who's just roaming around hospitals opening doors? Like, yeah. Get this man some privacy. But it is a small town. Maybe this is what they have. Yeah, they're doing the best with what they've got. I feel like I remember this hospital seeing some shit down the line oh yes it sure does <laughs> this poor hospital yeah i feel like maybe they need to get some budget to upscale their capabilities perhaps perhaps so we also have poor derek out here getting fucked with squatting in his house can you squat in your own house if it's property of the city yeah, yeah i didn't get that either like this is property of, like is it though like because it, it was though? condemned well maybe? like did Derek ever again? This is fan under canon. Who claimed the house after it was burned down? I don't know. I don't know. And like at this point, I don't think we know that it's his house. Oh, that has anyone said that's the Hale property, or do we just know that it is? I know that we know that it is, but I. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good point. Well, in one in the next episode, Styles like I'm taking you to your house, but I don't know if we actually know that or if that's just a magical thing that Styles knows because Styles knows a lot of things about Derek without having shown it on screen. That's but what you do when you have a crush. That's what you do when you have a crush. But right now, Derek is a blue-eyed baby squatting in, in a burned-out house. And my question here is, do we think that the writers knew at this point the difference between the gold, blue, and red eyes? I don't know. I thought that too. If not, then what's the point of making Derek's eyes blue? I don't know. So I wrote, I was writing down kind of anytime we see them, like, all right, Derek's still got blue eyes. Okay. Scott's got gold eyes Mm -hmm. just to be like, see if I can track. And then I was thinking, well, do they matter at this stage? Because has it been ingrained in like the book of the show? Is it locked in the lore of the show yet? Or do they come up with that later and backtrack? Because, you know, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. If you're listening for the first time along with us, like really, really sorry about this. But like at the end of the season, Peter's eyes go from red to just nothing. Mm -hmm. So like they don't go to blue. So we don't like establish that. And then Derek's just go red. So like we only know two werewolves and they have different colored eyes. Mm hmm at this point and like so eventually they'll set that precedent particularly in season three but yeah that would have to be the thing like is the book already written or is blue just pretty yeah right is blue just pretty because because yeah. it looks nice on screen and it yeah. it yeah shows yeah my other question here is the one scott like confronts Derek. he's like you know this is what i want and what do you want it's like you know you'll find out later what does Derek want from scott yeah. I was thinking about it and I'm like, well, you know, once he becomes an alpha, then like you got to have like the pact of power and all that stuff. But I don't think he's planning that far ahead. He's just trying to stay alive right now and find the alpha. Yeah. Derek's goal right now seems to be figuring out his sister. Yeah. Who killed Laura? Like who killed Laura? Which spoilers. <laughs> If you're listening to a recap op podcast from a show from 2011 years ago. So really sorry. Right now, his intentions and motivations are like ambiguous and mm-hmm. mysterious. It's the at, third at episode of a six season series. Yeah. Like, like at best, you don't know by the third episode what he's doing with Scott. You also don't know what he's doing in the house what he was doing with the half of a body. Like he's ambiguous at best. At best. We, we know because we get POV of him that Scott and Styles don't get 
with like the sheriff that the sheriff's department that's about to show up <laughs> about to show up like it's <laughs> real time right that he's protecting something he has powers that he's not supposed to be where he is right like they don't want him in that house they're trying to make sure that the house is vacant when he talks to scott we know that there's danger in being a werewolf if you can't control it but other than that we don't know yeah and that brings me to my third enormous question of this segment you know scott is panicking about hurting somebody which is a super real and valid Mm -hmm. fear and it's you know am i gonna hurt somebody am i gonna kill somebody and derek like snaps at him it's like you don't want to know if you're gonna hurt anybody you want to know if you'll hurt her Mm-hmm. And my note here is: Are you trying to tell me that the writers knew about three about this three seasons in advance? Mm. Are you trying to tell me that Derek already has his whole blue eyed backstory already and understands about the ability to control the shift and the dangers that it brings to young love? Are you trying to tell me that that's real, or did we just retcon that the entire way through? Yeah, I don't know. I think that would require seeing the outline of the series like yeah for sure you know a writer presents or a showrunner presents like a series outline to the network like what's in that <laughs> does it say anything about that like you don't have like full scripts written you just have like an outline yeah of where you think the show is going to go should you have this many seasons which they don't actually i don't know that they do that anymore because of streaming shit and you only get like six episodes to try to tell a story and then they uh, get rid of you anyway but support the wga if the writer strike is still going when these air well then it wouldn't because we wouldn't air these always support your unions they're so always support your unions yeah i would love to see what that outline looks like to know if that was in the cards or not because then it then he's simply talking about allison yeah and how does he know how much scott likes out like they've known each other for like 13 days and just because styles knows allison does derek know about allison Derek like took her home and I assume knows she's related to some other people who we're going to meet. But like, I don't imagine that Derek talk that Scott talks to Derek all that much about Allison. No, I don't think. Well, he does in this episode. Yeah, he does now because he starts to talk about being worried that he'll hurt her during the shift, but not prior Unfortunately, I think this is explained, at least in my brain, the same way that all of the random tidbits about Derek are brought to the screen through Styles. that maybe this is just a random tidbit that's brought mm-hmm. from Styles to Derek and out Derek's mouth. Yeah. And his very expressive eyebrows. And his very expressive eyebrows. Incredible. Outstanding. Yeah. I don't know when this was. <laughs> When this was established. It's I don't know. I don't know. But I just, I have a lot of questions about like how much experience is Derek really talking mm-hmm. with? Yeah, totally. Totally. Because if the only like love in his life has been Kate, then right. like he's not worried about hurting Kate. Mm-mm. That's not, that's not how that works. But if Paige. He's actually trying real hard. He's trying real hard to hurt her. Like, but if Paige is still a thing in his head, then like that would explain kind of the motivations. But I don't know. Yeah. I have questions. I have questions. Always do. That's why Phantom on the Rocks exists, because we have questions. Because we have questions. 12 years later. (laughs) Tagline, we have questions. Yeah. So Derek's advice, his mentoring to Scott is that he, if Scott wants to know what happened on the bus, which is his kind of one of his driving motivations of this entire episode, is that he thinks something happened on the bus in real life and that he was involved. Then to find out what that is, he needs to go back to the bus and let his senses remember for him. You remember school, right? And getting vague instructions from a teacher. Oh, no. Yes, I do. That's what I was thinking when Derek was like, just go back to the bus and let your senses remember for you. I was like, I'm going to need some more information. I'm going to need some more information (laughs) indeed. Like Scott barely knows how to be a werewolf at all. You want him to just let his senses remember my dude you're gonna need to give him more than that a little yeah but you know scott and styles just roll up to a crime scene anyway like you do just do exactly that he walks into a crime scene probably destroying evidence although if it's a supernatural crime they don't know that yet the police don't know that yet police don't know that yet beacon hills never develops the supernatural crime unit which is kind of a well maybe they do with uh, what's his face? Parish? Yeah. 
Maybe. Maybe in the future. Maybe in the movie that I haven't seen. Yeah, they need a supernatural crime unit to gather supernatural evidence because like their regular cops are not going to be able to handle something like this. Anyway, breaking and entering into a crime scene, he does kind of absorb, he sees flashes of his dream overlaid over the crime scene and the actual crime, which is kind of like a neat trick that I don't remember ever happening again. No. This was a really well shot little sequence. Yeah. But like, it was really good visual storytelling. It was. But imagine, like, that's something he could do again, like, perceive something that happened. I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of things later, like, when, like, when I think it's Derek's trying to teach Malia how to smell things. Mm. And when Derek goes up to the roof of the the hospital and, like, sniffs out Styles' chemo signals, like, there's a, there's definitely, like, this trick that could be used right for some of those yeah of those and things. they just don't do it again like but that's a cool power what do you you should use that yeah it's very very cool and like they do it they just don't show it like this which is a bummer opportunity mm. missed yeah because it looked great the filming looked great yeah but scott realizes he was in fact in the bus there that night which styles comes to the conclusion that it was a pack initiation ritual of Derek trying to get scott to kill someone because sometimes styles is an idiot I think Styles in this moment is just looking to bring up Derek in conversation. <laughs> that too. That could very well. No. Okay. No, be. no, no. He is doing the supernatural thing. He's thinking he's got cults and witches and stuff on the brain. He's like, this is some like weird back initiation thing. It's like a yeah. gang. Totally. No, he's what? 15? Trying to. 15, 16? Trying to dig into that. this. It's like, obviously he's trying to get you to kill someone like my dude. Obviously. Obviously. Son. Let's chill. But then, of course, now we have a date because that's the nice tone shift that Teen Wolf really likes to take you on is a crime scene of a near murder and then also a bowling date. With two friends very politely flirting in the closet. Let me yes. tell you about Allison and Lydia in her closet with like like Lydia brushing the hair out of Allison's face. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, yeah. Hello. When actors have chemistry one on one. When actors have a little chemistry. Speaking of chemistry, so like Lydia and Allison are trying to like pick out clothes for for Allison for the date tonight because Lydia is just deciding to dress Allison up like a little doll. Who should come in but Allison's father? Daddy. This is Daddy. This is Daddy. And Lydia understood the assignment because she immediately goes to the bed and I'm like, whoa, ma'am. I know. I was like, oh, oh, ma'am, you are 15 years old. Your character is 15 years old. Please stand up. Yep. Yeah, she had the full, like, coquettish. Oh, yes. Yeah, full on, like, (laughs) damn, hold on. She was flirting real hard. She was flirting with every member of the Argent family in that particular scene. Yes, she was. She was. Can't blame her, because. Can't blame her. Cannot blame her. It's a beautiful family. But yeah, hoof, hoof am I. (laughs) Yes, Chris Argent tells them that they will not be going out on their double date. (laughs) I was going to say their date, but I was like, it's actually not their date, is it? Kind of. It could be. There's an AU in which it is. It very much because of the curfew that absolutely no one is paying attention to. Allison, because she is a badass, puts on her beanie of misdemeanors and front flips out of the window in one of the silliest. Do her gymnastics ever come back? I don't know. Other than (laughs) when they battle creatures, she's pretty (laughs) agile. But this was like a full triple front tuck out the window in front of her friend. Just like Okay. Yeah. For our recap listeners who have seen this show, I'm pretty sure this is the beanie that Malia wears in season five. Is it? I think so. I think this is the purple beanie. You know, I don't pay attention to Malia. I know you don't. That's okay. But (laughs) have you even seen that season? Have you? Honestly, I don't think I did. Honestly, not sure. But I'm like 94% sure that this is the beanie that Malia wears. Very soft. I don't understand why someone like Chris Argent doesn't have alarms and cameras around this entire fucking house that he wouldn't have he wouldn't have just been like hey where are you going daughter oh mine daughter of mine (laughs) beloved daughter beloved angel baby where are you going what you doing the camera just caught you front flipping out the window what's up yeah but then we move on to just like watching season one jackson and lydia hurts my heart in a good way or a bad way in a bad way okay I was like, which kind of hurt? It it hurts my heart in a bad way. It's almost cringy watching the two of them in their in this current location in their character arcs. It just hurts. Yeah. 
I get that. And Allison is trying her very best to be strong and supportive. And I love this for her. But like, it's she's just flying in the face of season one, you know, Jidia. And it's just it's it's hard to it's hard to fight. The lack of feminism just really hurts. It does. And, you know, it's a good old fashioned bowling scene, although it is kind of like, I don't want to say it's time wasting, but I was definitely like, all right, we got we got werewolf shit to deal with. 42 minutes and you're going to spend them on bowling. Yeah, I was like, we got werewolf stuff. Come on now. There was the line of Allison using her. You have to see this in like capital letters, but like her feminine wiles to help Scott out because he sucks at bowling, telling him to think of her naked. How is that going to help this boy concentrate? That's what I was thinking. Like, would that not short circuit him completely? It's going to short circuit his little brain. Like, he's going to throw that bowling ball backwards. And just like at Jackson. Yes. I kinda, <laughs> for a hot second, I was like, is that what's going to happen? Did I completely forget how this scene goes? But Did it, I forget? it wasn't. Also, just her dimples in this episode are mm-hmm. just outstanding. And I just like the sun just like shines out of them. And they're so cute. She is adorable. She's so cute. This, I believe, is not the first on-camera mention of my car (laughs) but you do get a glory shot in all her glory it's the camaro Mm -hmm. as derek pulls into the gas station and my note is is this where all the didifer fix were born because i feel it Mm, it could be there is a lot of tension here between chris argent and derek that i was not expecting (laughs) again Chemistry between actors. Sometimes this is where fandom lives and breathes. It's just when two actors like each other. Correct. And I have yet again a thousand questions here. How old is Derek in this scene? Is he like 21, 22? No, he's not. I think he's like 19. 19? Yeah. How long has Laura been dead? Like a week? Maybe Maybe two? Yeah. Why is Chris so, so, so hunter to him here? Don't intimidate this boy. He's trying his best, okay? If, okay, benefit of the doubt, let's say Allison is 16. Is he 40? Maybe? How old are parents? Maybe. Because <laughs> that would be young. He still would have been like 24. Put him at, what, 45? 45? Then he would have been 29, 30 when they had Allison. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. So he's 45, intimidating a 19-year-old? Stop it. I mean, I know the actors are closer in age because and we know from all the behind the scenes and like social media that was going on at the time that J.R. Bourne, like they love each other. They were friends. They're They're friends. friends. Yeah. So that adds to like the on screen chemistry, which is what you want. You want your actors to be friends or partners in a scene, which is why it's kind of a shame that they don't do screen tests anymore. Yeah. Because like you can tell when two actors don't click. Yeah. It's just boring and you're like meh they feel like they're reading off of a page these two don't but it's still you're still like christopher leave this child alone check the man's oil sir is that a euphemism is that a euphemism <laughs> that i had completely forgotten about that line and i was like are you gonna grow what are you gonna do to this what man? are you gonna do to this boy you leave him alone stop it <laughs> he's like threateningly cleaning his window like yeah how is with this? like with backup and a giant truck yeah. like sir like, what is, were you going to, like, get him a Slim Jim, too? Like, are you going to feed him threateningly? Om nom nom nom. Like, go to the gas station and get him a Twix. Get okay. this man some Twizzlers. Pay for his gas, wink. Like, what is happening? I don't know. He's just saying that he doesn't have any family left while he's, like, detailing his car. Okay. Chris, those of you in glass houses should not throw stones. <laughs> like, like, what is this love language? Well, like, he's he's talking about, you know, you don't have a lot of family left either. And I'm sitting here looking at Chris Argent like, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah buddy. Yeah, buddy. I wonder why. <laughs> How's that feeling? How's that feeling, season six? How's that feeling? Mm-hmm. Ugh, deep sigh. Maybe you want to fucking chill on that one. Maybe you want to be nice to Derek. Sir. Sir. Man just lost his sister. You wouldn't know anything about that, would you? Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else on this beloved initial Didafer scene? (laughs) But he's gorgeous while it happens. They do break his window, which is like, leave the Camaro alone. Leave the Camaro alone. She did nothing to you. I do love TV shows that give inanimate objects screen time. Yes. They're often cars like Supernatural and Teen Wolf, like men in their cars. Like I get it, but it is, there is something so human about turning inanimate objects into characters in a tv show and i just love it they are and at this point i don't 
remember Fanon or Cannon, but like we all give the Camaro or not the Camaro, the Jeep a name. Betty. Is that actually is it, her name? Is it Betty? I don't remember. It's the name that just popped into my head, and I don't know. That might be the actual name. I don't know, but we all call her Roscoe. Oh, Roscoe. Roscoe. Yes. We all call her Roscoe, and I'm just like, is that real? Or did we as a fandom just like collectively decide that that was the Jeep's name? You're right. Roscoe. Roscoe. Fan I just or I don't know. I don't, fan or canon? I don't. I don't know. If anybody out there would like to devise a fanon or canon quiz for us to take and embarrass <laughs> ourselves on, please, please let us know. Please, mm. <laughs> it, DM us at Phantom of the Rocks. Like yes. I, I want to take one so bad. I'm going to embarrass myself, and it's going to be awesome. Huh? You're right. Yeah, someone should do that because it's bad. It's so bad, especially especially for Teen Wolf. I can't keep them straight. I'm glad I'm watching the source material again. It's been long overdue. I know. So we go back to bowling, and Lydia, in her plot-pushing ways, is attempting to very awkwardly flirt with Scott. She flirts with literally everyone she's in a scene with. It's all very yikes. <laughs> yikes. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> ma'am i know she's just she's just been trained to use her wiles it'll take like a whole season before she finds her brain i know it's terrible and it's a long season too it's not even a short season no deep sigh like she has a brain we've seen it in the math class we've seen it in like other places and like we know <laughs> this but you know also and then lydia's iconic line trust me i do plenty of sucking just for his I benefit know. it's so bad ma'am oh, i wrote it down and then i felt bad writing it down and i was like <laughs> <laughs> ma'am <laughs> like you go girl live your dreams live your truth please be safe but also <sighs> no 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 not, not for that guy <laughs> not for season one not for season one jackson yeah not for season one jackson ew he hasn't earned it yet <laughs> yeah he sucks someday they will all be people who talk to each other about actual things for a second i thought you were gonna say happy and i was like not in this no, show not in this show <laughs> So, like, I had a thought. Jackson goes later to, like, intimidate Scott by the, like, pinball machine. And it to me, it feels like they were trying to make Jackson a bad. Mm. Like a bigger bad. Sure. Because we know that the alpha is the big bad. Mm -hmm. But it feels like they were almost trying to make Jackson, like, a, a midway, a halfway bad. <laughs> a halfway bad. Like, a, the first arc bad. Mm -hmm. But then I was thinking about it, and I'm like, we get other people, and they're, like, actually the bads, and, like, how yeah. do we do this? And I don't know. Like, Jackson right now is just, like, a bully? That's, he is like, a his bully. whole vibe. It's silly, because, like, how are we supposed to take him seriously as a threat when Scott is a literal werewolf? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna ruin your lacrosse time. Like, okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Cool, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. But like, there was definitely some kind of like intention there in that scene. I'm like, you're trying to set him up to be a bad. Mm -hmm. And it's, I'm not even sure if it's working. <laughs> no, and he's not. <laughs> no shade to the actor. He's too pretty to be scary. Jackson? Yeah. Oh, yes. He's very pretty. He's just too pretty. Like, I can't take him, his threats seriously, because I'm just like, God, you're pretty. <laughs> So intimidating, those cheekbones. Oh, Yeah, those razor-sharp cheekbones are going to slice open my knuckles. Like, what's happening here? I'm going to be injured. I'm injured. I, You've injured my knuckles as I gently caressed the side of your face. Like, I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I thought we were fighting, but now we're fighting. Yeah. And it's, I guess, exactly. here we go. But yeah, so. I think maybe it's that the other battles that Scott is fighting are human battles right like he's navigating his feelings for allison and how not to hurt people around him and i guess also navigating shitheads in high school yeah it's like he's he's got regular teenager problems but then he mm -hmm. has like actual supernatural werewolf monster problems yeah and one just feels uh less scary <laughs> one just feels a little less scary like yeah. one feels you know possible poor jackson He's got his own shit. He's got so much shit. I can't wait to get to season two so Jackson can become a whole person. Yeah, I know. Just just waiting on them. He gets to become a whole character. He does. We just have to wait till season two. Just It's like tapping a watch. Like, come on, characters. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. And it's kind of like rewatching Glee. And I'm sure every long running series that you look back on is like, you know, 
what the characters become. Yeah. So, so you're just kind of like, girlies. yeah, rewatching the first versions of them, like the rough draft versions of characters. You're like, I know you're so much better than this. You, you become better. I, I have faith. We just got to wait for it. It's going to be yeah. okay. So like judging them for their early actions is like, okay, I know that you're a piece of shit right now. But, but you're also 16 and going through a lot of trauma you don't understand and also hormones yeah. and also high school and also etc. Also, you're underwritten and the writers didn't know what to do with you yet. But in a season, they're going to find out your plot. Yeah. In 12 episodes, they're going to figure it out and then it's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Yeah. So you kind of just you're like standing behind them being like, come on, little guy. <laughs> come on, Jackson. Jackson isn't for one. <laughs> That's with the sign. Just like. Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly. You're on the side of the cross. You're like, come on, little man. We believe in you. We'll see you next season. Yeah. You're going to get there. Ugh, so the date passes. And so we thematically flip yet again to Derek at the hospital and the bus driver. Because Derek has also decided that he needs to go intimidate a man who has been chewed on to within an inch of his life. <laughs> Good yep. job, sir. We still have no idea why this particular man was attacked. No, we have absolutely no idea. But the bus driver does, well, Derek tells the bus driver to open his eyes and look at him. And Derek is the one who's like worried because the bus driver seems to know who Derek is. Yeah. He's like, hail. And Derek immediately like pales and is like, how do you, how do you know my name? Yeah. So we, there's another layer of mystery that this doesn't really seem to be about Scott at all. This seems to be about. Derek or Hales or seems to be about Hales and like that's the thing is knowing the things that I know about everything does the bus driver actually recognize Derek don't know or is he just talking about he's in a morphine induced haze and just saying the only name that comes to mind Mm -hmm. it's a good question because Derek thinks it's about him yes Derek thinks it's about him or is it about the family is it about the family we don't know but unfortunately garrison myers codes and melissa mccall runs in to i don't do something unfortunately she just kind of stands there she does and then she yells at Derek. and i was like time is brain cells get to compressions like do something is this the first interaction between scott's mom and Derek? i think so (laughs) oh good times good times yeah. So uh, he dies, we're assuming. Rip. Which is unfortunate, although we still really have no idea how or why the bus driver was involved in this, other than it seems to be about Derek and not about Scott, who just happened to be there. Or not. Or not. We do get a lovely little scene of Styles sneaking into Scott's room via the bedroom window and Melissa attacking him with a baseball bat. Does, does, does Scott sleep on the second floor? We don't. I don't know. Styles, did you scale the house? I and then like swing in, in from the eaves. It was pilot, weird. He does drop down from the roof. Has yeah. Styles just been like climbing the McCall house all these years? I think so. Sure. Yeah, it was just a nice little this is how how they live, how they interact is one sneaking into the other's house. Do either of you even play baseball? <laughs> yeah. Oh, fantastic. So cute. So Styles is there to tell them, or I guess really just Scott, because Melissa was there. <laughs> Melissa was there, yes. How that the uh, the bus driver has died, which sets Scott off running to the Hale house to confront Derek in a pretty funny scene of like Derek's ghostly voice echoing through the house. Dun, dun. It was so like overly dramatic of him just being like. I don't even remember what he said. It was just echoing through like the ashen ruins of this house. The ashen ruins of this house. And like, I think, uh, what is the movie term? ADR? When yeah. they go in and record somebody's voice afterwards. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they did. Like the Tyler Posey was just in there just like yelling at a set. And then like, mm-hmm. <laughs> there was just like, my sister was missing. I yep. came here looking for her. Like, dun, dun. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Tyler Hecklin was just there like yelling into a microphone somewhere. <laughs> fantastic i love it and then of course me just crying it's like you found it's like i found her in pieces like oh it's all he wanted was his family the last of his family he just wanted his sister his big sister so sad they have a nice little fight though they do and derek's first practical werewolf fx 
Wait, that's right. It was. This is the first time he wolfs the face out. And his little like, that was cute when he gets thrown through a wall. My personal favorite, though, is when he jumps down from the stairs, his like Spider-Man jump. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Were you like, can I see the wires here? Is that what I'm looking at? It it was incredible. I'm like, oh, look, it's a comic book jump. Fantastic. (laughs) He needed a cape. It would have been perfect. It would have been incredible. Yeah. And I marked again. He still has blue eyes. So at least they kept that consistent throughout the episode. And like they didn't change them back and forth, like depending on the need. Yeah. But Derek does tell them, tell Scott that neither of them killed the driver. And actually, Derek is not the one who bit Scott. There's another. There is another who is an alpha, which is new information for everyone, but all of us who've seen the episode before. Yeah, this is new information. You and me were betas. Like, okay. Sounds great. <laughs> is he from Brooklyn now? You and me were betas. <laughs> we're betas. Go get a coffee afterwards. But yeah, they're betas and the, the other is the alpha. And he's stronger and more powerful than any of us. And uglier once they get the practical effects. Yeah, they're pretty gruesome. So I'm watching this fight. And other than the choke slam, that's always it's always fun <laughs> to see pro wrestling moves in a werewolf fight. Yep. But like it makes me think of Derek and all of his fights in season two. Mm. <laughs> and I'm just sitting here like Derek should be kicking Scott's butt here. I feel like he was going easy on him. He should be absolutely whooping him. But Scott, he's holding his own. He is holding his own. Didn't you think it was kind of like when like the older dog is playing with a puppy? Yeah, a little bit. And it's kind of like letting the puppy get some bites in. Let the puppy get some bites in. Yeah. But yeah, it's you, Scott. You're the one he wants. Yeah. So now we have a whole new big bad or a whole new mystery that is set up at the end of this episode is we that do. there is an alpha. That and there that is an alpha. The alpha wants Scott for some reason and that actually Derek has never been a bad guy. Derek has never been a bad guy, even though he presents like a bad guy. It's just the black leather coat and the eyebrows, honestly. And the burnt out house. The burnt out house does not help anyone. Doesn't doesn't help. Yeah. He should really invest in some paint and tearing the whole thing down like every fic out there. Like every fic out there. Rebuild. Rebuild the pack house. It's fine. Mm -hmm. But yeah. And that's the episode. It's a lot of Scott really thinking about what's happening to him a lot of really sharp tonal dynamics between his like werewolf problems and his high school problems a little bit of information about Derek yep and it's kind of nice not to well mm, I'll have to re- you know dig deeper into these next episodes but I guess it'll be up I want to say it's up to us to decide because we're doing this whether or not it's a good thing to reveal now in the third episode that Derek is not the bad guy, or if it would have been interesting to let that drag out, I feel like it's better to not drag out some sort of fake mystery of whether or not Derek is a bad guy. I, But I think that's just because I love him. I have such warm feelings about Derek Hale. I really do. But I think if there was only the big bad, if there was only one bad in the season, then I could have strung Derek along a little farther. Mm-hmm. But there's two primary bads in the first season. Right. And so you really don't need Derek on top of that. It's more fun to have Derek as like a mystery intermediary mm-hmm. because he's so intertwined with the story. Right. Like Scott is the teen wolf, but the first season is really about Scott interacting with Derek's whole story and narrative and how it paints the new world that he's living in Mm -hmm. because all of the bads in the first season are connected and they're all connected to Derek. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's the, he's the little linchpin of, of all the stuff going on of all the stuff going on in the first season. He sure is main character energy. Yeah. For the season it swaps. It, it all goes well. around and around. It does, because Styles is third season main character energy. Yeah, for sure. For yep. sure. I don't remember if season two would be Scott, probably. Season two is really Scott main character energy. Yeah. For sure. Which is funny, because like this is about Scott becoming a werewolf. You'd think season one would be Scott, but it's kind of Derek. It's kind of Derek, just because like it's literally Scott just trying to figure out Derek's whole story. And then season yeah. two is Scott's story and the things that he mm-hmm. wants to do with it. Yep, because here you've got 
we're introducing all the characters, got to get into some lore. Lore, history, chess pieces, as it were. Mm -hmm. And then in season two, when Scott sees the board, he's like, okay, now it's for me. I got this. Mm -hmm. Yep. And he gets to make some of those really hard choices about the characters and the board and and the history and the lore and stuff. Yep. He gets and they to all just choices. They in just season get one, more and more attractive. Yeah, they all do. Season one, things just happen to Scott, and he tries so hard to like move this is true. through it. Yes, that he doesn't have a ton of autonomy because he's not as involved in the history because he's right. new to the game. Yes, everyone else is making choices and things are happening to him that he is reacting to. Right, and then by like yep. in season two, Scott's really making choices, good or bad. Yeah. And kind of mediocre and kind of he's trying his best with the information he's got at the time. He's trying mm-hmm. his best. And then we get into season three where Styles kind of really starts to shine. And then Scott really, again, comes into his own in like season five, I would say. He like really kind of settles into this whole like, okay, yeah, I'm the one writing the history now. I got this. Mm, for sure. We'll see how it pans out. We will. It's been so long since I've seen some of these episodes, so. I'm so excited for you to finally revisit the source material. It's going to be great. <laughs> and and actually see some of it, because I haven't. Yeah. It's been a long time. I dragged a friend of mine into Teen Wolf, and we watched season six together for the first time. Ooh, I've not seen season six. Yeah, there's season 6A and 6B, and it is like a whole thing. <laughs> this is the second show that I watched live that i haven't seen season six of because i still haven't seen season six of glee either and you'll get to it as we will as we will also but i've been thinking of like end of episode like award things that i wanted to do for this and i don't know if this is going to stick but as a giffer i am particularly attuned to (laughs) Mm -hmm. like that thing that i recognize from all the gift sets and I want to shout out to all of my fellow content creators on the internet, the like this episode's ships of the week. <laughs> like mm-hmm, if you're mm-hmm. looking for shipping content for these particular ships, here you go. Yep. So ships with some content this week, uh, Scott and Allison, Jackson and Lydia, Lydia and Allison, Scott and Derek, Scott and Chris, mm-hmm. Chris and Lydia. Golly. It's pretty full up. That's a full, that's a full episode right there yeah there's yeah it's just a lot of there's a lot of good opportunities for fandom in this particular show yeah especially if you got an open mind put all the characters in a bag shake it up and see who comes out <laughs> just reach the hand of god in, pull one out and i'll put you over here and i'll put you yep. over here and i'll put you over here and then the next day you put them back in you shake them up again you pull shake them out. back up and yeah see see the luck of the draw exactly so I don't know. We might figure out something better or different, but that's what I got I like right it. now. I like it. Yeah, I don't. I haven't thought of a an end of episode tag because we'll the monsters thinking. the monsters are all the same. It's always yeah. there aren't monsters of the week at the at this time. No, and I don't. You know the line. I don't have like a favorite line or anything. Or not that we don't talk about right in the middle. Yeah, we'll figure something out. We'll figure it out. If you have suggestions, drop them for us in the comments. Yes. But you know, I don't even want to, I mean, we can always rate the episode, like how many moons. <laughs> <laughs> that just feels silly. I don't it's, know. It's how many moons, but they're pictures of butts. <laughs> Three of five peaches. <laughs> Three. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 <laughs> no. No. We'll keep thinking. I promise. We'll ideate. I used IDA in a work call the other day, and then I wanted to hurl myself out the window. I know. It's gotten really bad. I never wanted to work corporate, and now that I do, I hate myself a little bit. Such is adulting. I know. It's terrible. Okay, well, this was another episode of Teen Wolf. I liked this one, so, you know, no complaints. I mean, complaints. That's what the episodes are about. Some complaints. Mild complaints. I like it. I don't like it as much as others, but I don't yeah. skip this episode for any reason. It's not a skip. There, it's not, maybe it's that. It's not a it's skip. Not a, it's it's not a skip. Yeah, not a skip. Cool. Well, thank you for listening. And you can find us on the internet at Fandom on the Rocks. If you want to support the pod, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Fandom on the Rocks for all sorts of bonus content. 
and then we will catch you for the next episode, which will be episode four. And thanks for listening. You've been listening to Pack Dynamics, a Fandom on the Rocks podcast. For more episodes, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us online at Fandom on the Rocks. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can subscribe to our Patreon account at patreon.com slash fandom on the rocks. Subscribers get access to ad-free content, exclusive bonus episodes, deep diving into fandom, and more. So until next time, keep your pack close.